Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome everyone to The Distraction. It's Thursday, I'm Jeremy Lambert, joined as always, the chubby chief, Joseph Holbert. Joseph, how you doing today? I'm tremendous, I'm feeling like Don Callis on a new bus. Um, That makes you my Kenny Omega, Jeremy, which is the most overt burial I've ever done on this show. There you go, (laughs) I'm here to act professional wrestling today, that's what I've been told. I have not watched... um, two slash three of the wrestling shows we usually discuss we'll avoid that moving forward uh, mlw is included in that Jeremy. um we we discuss mlw on the show i think we i mean discuss is you know a little we, generous we sometimes will poke and prod but that's you know that's another thing but we're talking about wrestling and i'm really excited because there's so much to talk about we've just said jeremy and i just said for 90 minutes <laughs> and I, I said to us we're not cutting peyton royce again I said, and he said, we, we've got no time for Peyton Royce. I said, Lacey Evans, no. It's going to be a tough show. There's a lot on the board here. Guys, we appreciate you joining us here on YouTube.com slash Fightful. Sign up to Fightful Select. Sean's always breaking news and stuff. I believe our retro review from November is running this weekend. I don't know. It might just be on the main site because uh, it's kind of outdated now. But we were we jumped the gun. On that, we were so excited just to talk about wrestling. We enjoy that <laughs> we jumped the gun on uh, doing our retro reviews. It wasn't supposed to happen until uh, the Fightful Select got integrated in, into the main site, and that hasn't happened yet. So you get a little freebie uh, this weekend if you're on Fightful Select. Uh, leave us a super chat. Get your question, comment, statement read on air. If we get enough super chats, I'm going to hit you with the favorite Bobby Lashley pose. All right? I don't know what the limit is. People have asked, well, what's the limit at? Look, uh, the girlfriend said, send, set it at like $500,000. And so maybe that's what we'll go at $500,000 and I'll do the Bobby Lashley pose. All right, folks, send them in. We, we got, we got a benchmark to hit here. Wow. Wow. I, I'm almost concerned now, but what's going to come in? I'm, I'm almost <laughs> worried. about it. I don't know how we ended up with the Bob talk on Tuesday, Jeremy. Tuesday went off the rails. We were supposed to review uh, the rundown and we got into a world of Dolph Ziggler and The Rock being best friends. And then we were talking about Bobby Lash's ass cheeks. And then I made the bold claim that we get enough super chats. I will do Bobby Lashley's favorite pose. In many ways, we reviewed um, Hell Dorado, didn't we? Yeah. It's not in the sense that we reviewed a different version of the film, but the way that we went with it was very much an encapsulation of that incredible title that should have been used, Hell Dorado. But anyway, that's for Tuesday. Wrestling Day, that's right. We we got we got super chats. Christ. Oh, no. 
Evan oh, Wright says, big stars on my screen. Huge fan. Thank you, Evan. Thank I you. Appreciate that. Throwback says, I see Hannah owning certain people tonight. Thank you guys for being amazing and helpful this year. Every day watching you guys has made the night better. That 12 page uh, is being started next week. Throwback, it's 24 pages now. If you want to be on the show, 24 page paper to get on the show. I, I don't know a lot of what's going on in that, but I, frank, I appreciate the comment. I mean, I know the middle bit. The rest of it, I was very confused. But yes, 24. Uh, we're, playing, we're playing Among Us at 6 o'clock tonight. Like, so right after this show ends and I get everything settled with this, we're doing an Among Us stream. And uh, Hannah's on that. And uh, the band, Joel Pearl, is on that. Caleb's on it. So a bunch of... Uh, and Shaq from Fightful MMA. He's the only one hosting it. Yeah, Shaquille O'Neal. We got him. I'm going to throw a cup of water on him. So, He's an Joel asshole. Pearl. Out of interest, is Joel Pearl working on top tonight, or is he still in the upper mid card, sort of climbing his way? Oh, I'm burying him. I'm oh, all... <laughs> I, Sorry, I asked Joel. Joel Pearl, asked Joel Pearl, what's your finish? I'm kicking out, brother. <laughs> yes, another timely reference for the distraction. <laughs> uh, and our buddy JJ says, hello, Jeremy and Joe. Hope you're doing well. Here to show my support. And the Lashley pose, grinning after impact. They had put on a great show. JJ really programming our show right now. Let's talk about Impact and, and Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega won the Impact. Yeah, won the Impact World Title. Won the AEW World Title last Wednesday. Says he's going after the the Impact World Title. Showed up on Impact on Tuesday. Broke all kind of records for Impact. Uh, most Twitch views, best ratings on Access, YouTube, all that fun stuff. Joseph. What'd you make of uh, Kenny Omega being the biggest star in the in the business? I believe. I think that's the rumor. Is Kenny Omega is the biggest star in this business? I'm going to start with a question because I, I I know you're poking fun, Jeremy Lambert. Because we believe it or not, folks, we do actually talk before the show. And what I have said before the show has led Jeremy to that joke. And he's very proud of himself. <laughs> but I did want to ask you. I saw a lot of pro Omega talk, and I get that. I understand. But like, are we saying that if if the roles reversed and Kenny had been champ for eight months and Mox won the title and then said he was going to impact, are we saying that the numbers would be like the same? I'm very this, confused by this. Yeah, this is my kind of thought as well. Like if Cody had shown up in the same role, wouldn't they have done the, the same interest with, with uh, impact on Twitch? Would it have done 50,000, right? Like it, it's just circumstantial that it's the AEW impact partnership and Kenny Omega happens to be the face of that whole thing right now but if it was moxley or kobe or one of those guys it, it would have done the same thing okay so i'm glad we've got that out of the way and now we can talk about the this was a fascinating experiment watching like people watch impact they're like we're just following along as people learned of the impact universe. <laughs> so i'll make my position clear uh, i swing pretty violently on what i think of impact like sometimes i think it's a fun variety show sometimes i think it's like sort of a test of a man's will um, depends on how loud Josh Matthews is on any given week. But I generally enjoy the show. And, and with that in mind, I thought this was a pretty good outing for them, considering the eyeballs. Now, again, you have to understand circumstances and such. This isn't them sort of going, you know, tune in live on Tuesday. We've got a four arena and it's going to be red hot. It was what it was. and It was always going to be that way, right? Like it's you can only do so much in their particular circumstances. But... For what they do, I thought it was pretty good. They mostly stayed like on track and lent on like the basics and didn't do anything too crazy. There was some match choices I probably would have avoided. There was a long promo choice I definitely would have avoided. But I thought it was bookended with good in-ring. And like then you get to the Kenny segment, which I think we'll get into in a moment. But first, Jeremy, I'm throwing questions back to you now. 
how was this for an impact offering for the people that had not watched in legitimately years at this point? Well, here's I'm going to throw a question back at you, Joseph. This is what we do. We volley back and forth. All right. Uh, I'm running the two man game here. Uh, when, you know, when did Impact know that this deal was going to happen? Because Impact bulk tapes everything. And so when they piece it all together, they've already got their stuff shot. They've already got everything planned out. You know, Omega won the title on a Wednesday. I'm pretty sure the Impact stuff was like already taped before all this. So they just had to insert the Omega stuff into it. So how much of the show could they have really changed by the time they learned of this Omega title change and partnership and stuff? So, I mean, we're not scoopsters, believe it or not. But You you broke some big news on a Sunday night. Explained a full absence from Monday Night Raw with one <laughs> link of a tweet. Incredible. Um, I would suggest that at full gear, they were aware of this plan, would be my guess. Okay. However, there's a big difference between that's the plan and formatting your whole TV show around something that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. So like, I think they, I do think they kept it in mind because, like, a good example to me was they opened with Alexander and uh, Saban, right? And it's like, that was a really good choice because it was some Saban's familiar. And as a match, it was this really sound solid match. So for people that were terrified of what they were getting themselves into, it eased them into it. You know, it wasn't Johnny Bravo coming out, clutching his heart, sort of, you know, a swinger. It was, it was something that anyone who likes wrestling could say, okay, that was good. And I think the main event, there's a lot of positives to be said about. So I, I'd like to think they kept in mind, but if not, it was a happy coincidence anyway. But I, for me anyway, it was a good show for impact before you even get to the promo. Did you see the same response as I saw of just people being like, oh, I, never again? Because <laughs> I saw a lot of that, unfortunately. I saw I saw mainly people just being like, when do we get to the Omega stuff? It was clear why they were tuning in. And then there was nothing on the show that hooked them and made them want to stick around if, if Kenny Omega is not going to be back on the show. Uh, that, that was the general response that I saw from people who had never watched impact before. I thought it was a fine impact show. My complaint with impact has been the same for at least a year now is like, they just try to do a lot. Like they try to like, it's, it's like five different universes taking place on the show. And this goes way back to when Conan was running over kids with cars and stuff. Like they, they try to do a bunch of different stuff to appeal to a bunch of different audiences. And it doesn't feel connected all the time so that that's my issue with impact and that's still kind of the issue with the show jeremy firstly we have a major issue to uh, to tackle here conan did not run <laughs> over richie that was i believe homicide hernandez at the lead of eddie kingston or as he was then known king uh, because impact they liked yeah too long of a name eddie king king that was it. <laughs> um so I, my fault. Too, my Conan, fault. I knew Conan was involved. Yeah. He was the one who found the dead kid and it was like, no, right? Like Darth Vader. That's what happened. Yes. And then they did, they did a camera shot from Richie's eyes looking up, which was one of the more incredible production choices. <laughs> now, by the way, if you've never seen any of that stuff, watch for a onslaught of reasons. There's some incredible there, shit in there. There's impact put together like a playlist of like that whole feud. And yeah. yeah, there's some there's some stuff like kids getting run over with a car, but there's also like some tremendous stuff from yes. King and Codan. Yes, King. I'm glad you got the name right. Yes. Um, what was he talking about? Yes, Impact. So I I agree. I then we get to the promo. I going into this expected like a two minute vignette. What we got was a ten minute promo that was the main event of the show, 
And we also got the Tony Khan silliness that me and you had a lot of fun with for many reasons. So I came out of it saying I enjoyed that. I thought Don cut a great promo. When you initially spoke to me, I don't think you was as high on it. But do you – was your – to me, generally, the actual promo segment got pretty good reviews from what I can gather. You would agree, right? I, I watched it early with the screener, and, yeah, it didn't appeal much to me. I did like it more on second viewing, maybe because like everyone else was just so excited. And so I was just like following the trend of like, all right, maybe this is like actually good and stuff. Um, I thought Callis's promo was better on second viewing. And it was even better after you watch his uh, AEW promo, like the impact promo. uh, You you mentioned it off the air. So I'll give you credit for it. The impact promo was much more polished. It, It seemed like they taped the AEW promo first. Don said what he needed to say. And then the the impact promo was second. And so he had time to uh, tighten it up and rewrite it and everything and just make it a better promo. So I did like that. The Kenny Omega stuff, it lost me on the comic book stuff. I I did not care at all. Kenny dorking out over himself. Like that's fine. That's, that's who he is. Um, you know, they, they did the same bit on AEW that they did on Impact, but the say the thing, say the thing. It's like, we just saw him say the thing, Don, what are we talking about? This isn't new or fresh. I did like, and I tweeted this, and all the AEW dorks were mad at me. Um, yeah, AEW dorks, Joseph. Leave me out of this, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, but I thought Impact made it feel, made Omega feel like a much bigger deal than the title change anyway, and just the presentation of Kenny Omega than AEW did. Because Impact, they their whole show was centered around Omega. They open the show with a recap of his title win. They tease him the entire entire night. They got Josh Matthews like, "I'm gonna go on the bus and interview him." They show him the bus rolled up and everything. Like it, they they even had the little tease with a uh, Rich Swan. Uh, you know, oh, you can't get in here. Like, so they they may set something up there. Like, it felt like a very big deal that Kenny Omega was on the show, and I get it. It is like it's an, it's a bigger star than anybody on Impact showing up on the show. AEW just like did their normal show. They didn't mention, instead of a title, uh, recapping the title change at the top of the show, it's just like, here's your Young Bucks match. Here, here's, here's your hot opener that you always get. And then they tease, like, coming up, Kenny Omega, he's going to talk at some point. Like a 9.30 segment, like, we've kind of been conditioned that that stuff doesn't matter. And that's, you know, I'm not saying that's AEW's fault, but that's just kind of where we're at. Like a 9.30 segment, that's where they put the women's segment every week. Like, that's that's the women's segment, the 9.30 segment. He came in on a helicopter, though, Joseph. He did. Don't forget that. Don't forget that he, he's a big star because he was on a helicopter. I think there's a lot to be said about the AEW show, which we'll get to. And it's very interesting to me that the way they did the promos, like if you didn't enjoy the rest of the Impact show, they've basically told you you have no reason to ever tune into Impact again because they covered the exact same ground. Yeah. I have a lot of issues with what they did in that segment, which we'll, we will get to. But... Just for impact in itself, I do think, and you you mentioned this, but like as directly as we can say it, their production gets dunked on an awful lot, and oftentimes correctly so, right? There's a lot of shenaniganery, a lot of Josh Matthews phone filming, a lot of silliness. However, this was a triumph considering what they actually had to work with. Would you agree with that? Like I thought they, to me, they made this feel a big deal, as you said. But not only that, it looked for what it was, which was an interview on a bus. <laughs> It looked about as sort of, you know, dramatic and oh, this is a grand moment as it could. So I thought it was worth doing that. And Matthews, you know, as much as it's it's fun to poke, you know, laugh at the fella, 
he was fine in the interview, and they used him as a punching bag too, right? So like Stanford well, Stooge. There you go. We all love that stuff, right? The insider references, brother. The thing is, is like when you're on a show like Impact, there's no way anyone watching that show is like, huh, Stanford Stooge, what's he talking about? Ambrose, who's that guy? Like, it's, it is what it is. Like, know your audience, I guess. But I thought it was mostly a win. However, it was interesting to see people that hadn't ventured into that universe for some time just be like, what, what's going on? This is very scary. Empty building, Josh Matthews, very, very scary. Do you think we get more Omega and Impact? Because he had the belt collector line, and then everybody's like, oh, he's going he's gonna to challenge for the Impact title. He's already the AAA uh, mega champion and all this stuff. He's going he's gonna to go out and go after the MLW title next quarter. I ain't having that, folks. Don't let me tell you about that. Uh, like, do you think we're going to get an Omega, Rich Swan, or potentially Chris Bay, because they're fighting this weekend, uh, Impact title match? Well, I think you're going to get Swan, and I think he's probably going to win the belt. But what's really interesting is while we all went to the invasion idea, the angle they were shooting on Impact was the locker room being concerned about what Dom was up to, right? Because Dreamer established that in that vignette. And then you had the Rich Swan segment you mentioned where he was like, hang on a second, you know, I, I can't even, I'm the champ here. But the idea that Callis in his power position is going to be so selfish, he forgets about all the guys underneath. If you were someone like me who was really excited by the idea of like a war, a promotional war, that probably suggests that's the opposite of what you're going to get almost. You know, like I think you may get one or two crossovers, but after the first week, I would suggest what's actually going to happen is Omega is going to be used as a plot device on impact separately. If that makes any sense. Like I think that's going to be the angle they do on because I think there's a lot of talent on top of impact card. There is very little name value, right? Like there's very little names you can go, look, if you're not into impact, but look at this name. It isn't that unless you're a big Ken Shamrock fan that's sort of looming around. There's not many. Um, so I think Omega solves that, and I think that's where they'll go a bit. I, this week kind of suggested to me that you're not going to get a whole lot of, like, Impact versus AEW. I just think you're going to get Omega doing stuff and then whoever it was that attacked Mox, which we already know my pick on that. So, yeah, that's where I think we're at. I I agree. I, I like that they're the way they're using Callus because it's actually tied into stuff with impact like you mentioned we were talking about it like aew it's the biggest screw job ever biggest screw job since montreal joseph and like tony khan who we saw last week at the end of the show like didn't he he showed up on impact he had a different pose on impact by the way i think he saw that he only yeah he went cross-armed Taz, 96 brother (laughs) um but like the it's the biggest screw job ever and kenny omega's out there cutting his promo and stuff and like the aew roster like no one's just like no one cares like, yeah, sure. Let Omega have his time. Let Don Callis have their time. You know, why aren't they more pissed off about what's happened here if right. it's if it's that big of a deal? So this is where we have to talk, sort of – I think it's, it's way hyperbolic to be like, oh, they've already killed the angle. That's silly. Yeah, that's silly dumb. talk. No need. But it is worth talking about where they are a week in in terms of momentum and interest. They still have my interest, but you have to realize that I have interest in the Butcher and the Blade. So I'm not really the person to ask. I just have a great time. Do you know what I mean? But it was a major error to me. I have no problem with repeating the promo. To me, that actually makes sense. Because, look, we've got to be honest, impact is what it is, unfortunately. That's just the situation, you know? Would I have done a 10-minute promo knowing that I was going to repeat it? Probably not. That's <laughs> fine. Do the bat, do that. But you needed to have someone, whether it's Cody, whether it's the Young Bucks, whoever it is, come out and question Omega. It probably isn't the point to have the locker room spilling out and trying to fight the guy. 
But you need some kind of moral compass to be like, hang on a second, what is actually going on here? Why are we just letting, especially when you have wrestlers at ringside, right? Like, I mean, we spoke about it. It's like Jim Ross and Shivani are disgusted and outraged. And meanwhile, they're just in the ring doing a segment and no one's, you need to have that authenticity of like the locker room rejecting this idea. They tried to do it last week. When Omega won, he was walking out and all the AW guys were like, you know, going crazy. And remember this when they run out of the arena? Yeah. It was a load of like, you know, sort of extra guys. And you can't follow that up with just a, a standard in-ring segment, especially when so many matches end by running anyway. So it already doesn't feel that dramatic. You've got to tell that story properly. So I thought that was a massive mistake, not adding at least one more layer to it on the Wednesday. And it is, you know, it must be said, I think there's a lot of questions that need answering still. So they have my interest, but the show didn't end with you going, I cannot wait for next Tuesday or Wednesday, right? It didn't do that at all. It was like, okay, Cody's wrestling this. Year. It was, it wasn't the same feeling as you had after the, uh, the winter is coming fiasco, right? They, they did question the young bucks in a backstage segment. Um, and they just basically said, yeah, we ain't talked to Kenny in a week. Like, all right. I guess, guess that's it. There he is in the ring. Like, go out there and see what's up with him. Exactly, that'd be perfect, right? Yeah. We wouldn't expect them to fight, but the Young Bucks are a part of the foundation of this company. Well, from what I can tell, what Jim Ross is telling me, the company just got screwed over (laughs) by one of the other founding members. I know he's like a month later, but it's just interesting. I I had some issues with that. I I actually thought, from what I can gather, I was higher on AEW this week than a lot of people. It's the kind of show you can't do often because it was absolute chaos. Something was happening at every turn. Yeah. Right? Like, even a Dustin Rhodes match, you're like, okay, it's just a Dustin match. They're shooting an angle. They're setting up stuff with Dark Order. It's like, it was chaos. But I thought that fit for what happened last week. You can't do it every week, but for this week, I thought it was fine. But um, I don't know. Where was you at on the whole, the whole Dynamite show this week? There was a lot happening. A lot of it didn't feel like it got a chance to breathe. It was yes. just back to back to back segments. And they did they did this uh, a fair amount early on in their run. Mm-hmm. And you know, these are good episodes and whatnot, but it, it was just like I was just writing articles all night. I could barely pay attention to the show. It was like, all right, I have a new article to write about stuff. We had Sting, but Sting come out and and embrace Tony Schiavone and then remain mysterious and powerful and kind of put over Darby Allen and call Cody a kid. We had Shaq getting called an asshole by, by Brandy Rhodes and getting water thrown on him. We had backstage attacks. We had Miro killing guys at the end of the show, the whole inner circle stuff. Like there was just a lot happening uh, on last night's dynamite. And to your point of next week, like next week looks like it's kind of dull for the patches. Yes. They've announced like, I, I don't know. I'm not excited about a 14 man uh, tag team match with the inner yeah. circle and stuff. But yeah, I don't think you can do this kind of show every single week, but for what they did last night, it, it worked to an extent. It's just, all right, how much of all this is going to remember and connect with you? Yeah. I mean, of all the big things that you had coming in, I thought the sting segment was the strongest by a distance of the, yeah. the free big deal. So if you could say Shaq, I don't think anyone thought the Shaq stuff was going to be like good, but it was a big thing coming into the show, right? So we count that. The Omega one we just discussed and Sting. I thought the Sting segment was the strongest by a distance, but as you said, you're correct. Like you don't really want to leave. Um, you don't want to put a hook on that segment because the, the idea is that Sting's mysterious, right? You don't want him to be like, next week I do this. That would kill Sting. So I think if you just, again, in fear of making this fantasy booking program, as though it hasn't been that for 11 months, um, <laughs> I think if you just adjust the Omega segment slightly, you have a show that's a lot more fulfilling for people that were like, this is my first, second time watching Dynamite. It just, 
I don't know, man. I'm pretty high on their product. And when they run through next week's show, I was like, I mean, I don't know if I'm staying up for that one, brother. <laughs> Sorry, TK. I like the yeah. checks, but that's a little much. <laughs> there was nothing on next week's show that made me be like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to see this. Like, the, the Hangman page Dark Order stuff is good. Like, I do like that. And I do think Hangman and John Silver are just going to have a lot of great segments together. But they're facing, like, Matt Hardy in Private Party. And I don't care about whatever direction Matt Hardy's going in right now. Uh, it's just that, that stuff's not really for me. So outside of that, yeah, next week, I'm just like, eh. Would you have rearranged this show at all? Because we closed with the Miro stuff. And I think you tweeted it of, like, well, bless TK. He's trying with Miro. He's trying to pivot uh directions these past couple of weeks he's snapping joseph he's booking it like uh we booked booty pro wrestling he's tired of this video game bullshit now he's a madman that's what he is i mean i i don't know man the, the thing with Miro that's really interesting is he's on this roster they don't like have to make him sometimes in wrestling it's like it's a necessity you have to get this guy over because we have no other options they as we spoke about before they have legitimately like 50 guys now that are on apparently the same level it's, it's Miro could have stayed as a comedy mid-card guy and it would have made no difference to their like their product. However, I think it would be an awful waste of money, right? I think that's the main thing for old for old Tony. So it's fine. It's cool to see Miro like beating people up and stuff and you know wearing his fancy clothes while he does it. I have no issue with it. I don't have all the clothes with it, though. So I know it's interesting. Yeah, I would have closed with the Omega segment and I would have had someone – just walk out right. and at least like confront him to some extent. Like you don't have to give it away the confrontation, but just come out and be like, all right, what's going on. And then that's maybe your hook for next week of, Hey, what happened after the tape machines were rolling or what's going to happen mm-hmm. next week with this stuff. But the Miro stuff, I like that. They're trying to do different with him. They're trying to make him into this badass that everybody wanted. They've done some damage to him. Uh, these past couple of months with, with the way they've booked him and him snapping and tossing production guys isn't quite going to get me back to to where I was when he when he first came in or when the the tease was even there because when he first came in I wasn't even like a big fan of that promo yeah it's it's gonna need like a focused direction for him beyond just this stuff with Kit it's not just gonna be him beating people up so like, okay sure but that's not you know I, that's fine I don't need <laughs> I don't need another Wardlow like I'm fine it's a, I love Ward. I don't need another one. But um, I think in fairness to this show, I do think that Penta not being able to go kind of shifted what they were doing here. Because I think their intention was for the six-man to be like a big match. And I can confirm it was very much not a big match <laughs> on the show. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think when they advertised last week, I, I seem to remember that and the MJF Orange thing being like the big in-ring stuff. Yeah. And Dustin wasn't on initially, right? Am I really saying that? No, Before? Dustin was on initially. Okay, there yeah. you go. But it felt to me like that match became sort of just a, a middle thing because Penta couldn't go, so what was the, you know, it was just a nothing deal. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't be – I so, you know, Jeremy, I review AEW Dynamite, don't I, on, on the wrestling with takes. <laughs> yeah, Evan Wright has a, has a super chat, says, wanted to put over Joe's Dynamite review too. There oh, you go. Wow. That's very, very kind. That's very, very kind. I appreciate it. I mean, I, I thought it was very good too, but I also reviewed a pizza on that uh, on that report card. <laughs> Check that out. But what I was going to say was, I, I'd said there, I can't complain about this show in a vacuum because I can only rate the two hours of entertainment. And I thought it was, it flew by because there was something going on every minute. However, it's like, it ended and I was like, okay, that's my dynamite experience for the month done. It wasn't like, oh my God, I need more, right? Which is the thing here. 
Anything else from AEW Dynamite last night? Anything else from AEW Dynamite? Can we talk Shaq. a little bit more about the um, talk about Shaq? That segment well, sucked, right? Like that's like Shaq was fine. It's just like like I thought Shaq could have been a lot worse than he was. I'll put it that way, okay? Yeah. But like the stuff linking it with Brandy and it's just it's just a bit shit, isn't it? Really? <laughs> yeah, like you can be honest, like it's a bit it's a bit lame, right? She cursed, she threw the water, you know? That's that's really? I think. She's interesting because like she's I don't think she's a bad promo at all. Like I mean she's probably objectively good at talking, but she I never t- believe her as a professional wrestling promo. When she got mad at Shaq, I was like, oh <laughs> I never once bought it. I don't know. It's it's a weird, it's a weird deal. I, I think Brandy really... is miscast in that she wants to try to do a bunch of different. Like, wasn't she managing Red Velvet a couple weeks ago? Yeah. I I think kind of uh, less is more with Brandy. That that's my critique on her. <laughs> I mean, miscast is quite the indictment because she has about eight roles on the show. So, yeah, yeah, I understand. Yes. You just mean she, she needs one. She needs yeah. one role, not eight. That's how she's miscast. Less is more with her. That's fair. Can we talk a bit more about Tony and Sting hugging? Yeah, that was a great moment. I loved it. Why did Tony suddenly look like he was four foot tall next to Sting? Is a wrestler's that much smaller now than they used to be? Sting, are you, well, when you get older, you shrink, Joseph. This, this is a thing that's going to happen to you as you get okay. older. You're okay. going. Sting is sixty one, and behind the face paint, you can see every bit of that sixty one. <laughs> But he was still tearing over Tony, which is what I wasn't even calling Sting old. You're burying Stang on the distraction. How dare you? He's old, Jeremy. What do you want me to do about it? He's going to wrestle. Sting. They said he's going to wrestle. I told you on when, what day was that when we did another show that we do. I and know. I was like, dude, Sting's wrestling. Sting's, of course, Sting's wrestling. He's Sting, isn't he? He's a lunatic. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't. He doesn't. I'll wrestle, sure. Scorpion death drop, brother. Let's go. He's not taking a single bump. And he shouldn't. He shouldn't take a single ball. He's doing a death match with Moxley. I've told you this already. This is how it's happening. He's do a lunatic. Think, do you think uh, we can get him to do a death match with Luther? Yes. Imagine on dark. Luther He's going to work Dark. He's going to pad his record on Dark. <laughs> Lee Johnson against Stang in the main event of AEW Dark. Tune into AEW Dark first thing. <laughs> That'll do so many views on YouTube. It Sting would. is a big YouTube draw, man. Is People he? love the paint. Yes, it's like. He does like two million views. Just for, is, like he's debuted on, like two million views, I believe. I see for uh, last night's viewership on for okay. YouTube. You should judge That's, everything based on YouTube views, by the way. Actual, yeah. Shaq I love the did, thing, Ray <laughs> Shaq did a hundred and thirty-seven. That's pretty lame, right? Like. Uh, the inner, for AEW, I think that's probably pretty good, right? The inner circle did one seventy-six, though. The inner circle Dude. outdrew Shaq. Jericho thinks they're like the NWO of that show and they're 100% the Dungeon of Doom. It's incredible. They've got so much talent and they come out and I'm like, oh, they're going to do the comedy again. It's just, they, do, they go like know. that. They put their finger, their middle finger up. I know. And, and By the way, they make a circle. Poor Santana, dude. I hope I hope he's doing good. That was terrible to read why he's yes. not on Dynamite. He's had a terrible... Since, by the way, we, ne- we spoke, haven't spoken about this team for a long time. It's always amazing to me, Jeremy, when Ortiz speaks or Santana speaks and people are like, oh, good promos. <laughs> Guys, they are so good. They're so good. Go watch the Impact stuff. Yes, exactly. They're awesome. Have the have the Santana thoughts. He's tremendous. I, that was that was a lame. But I, I miss him in those segments because it's like 
to me, that team brings the heart and emotions to those segments. Otherwise, just a bunch of dicks talking shit to each other. I don't care. Uh, this yeah. thing is at 505, uh, 100,000. So the, the next highest is Omega at 287. Jeremy, why did Vince Jr. not book the Fiend Bray Wyatt and Stang at WrestleMania? Because he's, he's from oh, WCW. He's from WCW. When they book Stang 10 years from now, it's like Hang the on. Goldberg thing. Hang on. I've, I've figured this out. They oh, should have done a fun house. You know how in the fun house, Bray takes you through all your, like, your awful memories? Mm-hmm. And instead of character moments, it's just like the ratings chart. And like they're winning, they're winning, and the Monday Night Wars, like, as it starts to fall, and like, you have pictures of Vince doing like, the crush to the ground stuff, and Bray's dressed up as like, who should Bray be dressed up as? Standards and practices. I was going to say Turner. Turner, yeah. yeah. Mark Madden. <laughs> in Ferrara. <laughs> Any, any wish the above. It, that, that's what they should have done. They've ruined it. They've blown it. YouTube views will never be the same again. God damn it. Um, yeah, any more about Sting? He's good, good isn't he? I like Sting. Yeah. I like Sting. I don't know when people ask me why I like Sting. I'm allowed to like Sting. Leave me alone. Well, who doesn't like Sting? A lot of people don't like Sting. Really? Have you not seen the Sting hate? The Stang hate? I, I've seen it from Seahawk. That's like it. It no, but, but Seahawks are like funny with it. Like some people yeah. just 61, he's old, isn't he? I like old people. They're good. They're cool. You know, I like Bill Goldberg. We had to talk about him in a minute, Jeremy Lambert. Is that we are? Is that is that the, the sting hate of basically the AEW people of you or the WWE fans of you guys hate on Bill Goldberg coming in? Why aren't you hating on Sting? Oh, those guys suck. Yeah, some some guys are above like that you can enjoy Sting, guys, I promise. You won't, like, the police are not going to come and get you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he comes out, he has the pain, he has the bad. They might, imagine. Sting, police, see, see, see what I yeah, I'm with you, I'm with you. But, but just Very imagine, good. follow the original path and imagine the idea of being arrested for liking Sting. <laughs> that rules <laughs> itself. But, yes, very good, Jeremy. What else are we talking about today? Let me catch up on Super Chats first. We, okay. unfortunately, we've got a lot. Keep sending right. in Super Chats, people. I'm going to hit you with the favorite pose. J.K. Shaw says, thanks for the grins. As a Bucks fan, is it crazy that I'm not into a Harden trade? Also, any faves from the new city unis? Keep killing the game, boys. Uh, we will talk about the James Harden trade and those rumors here in a bit. After We we got to get through wrestling first. And, you know, we, we got to get through that stuff. Uh, Evan Wright says, Impact beating last week's NXT in males 18-34 to 34 demo. It was hilarious to see. Give me Bill Collector. Omega, hope he retains at Triple Mania. I think he will. Yeah, Impact... <laughs> That's so bad, man. It's bad. It's really bad. Because you know that Triple H thinks NXT is like a cool brand. Yeah, it is. It is to the 50-year-olds. They love the NXT. The thing is, I get why we're not allowed to care about ratings, but that feels like it's actually interesting. But there you go. Anyway. Molly Bell says, my favorite duo. I guess that's us. Uh, When is the T-Swift talk? pose i i it seems like i'm gonna have to do this pose but you know we're, we're not quite at the five hundred thousand dollar goal so so keep sending in five hundred thousand that's what we're getting to uh the taylor swift talk is it'll happen it'll happen i'm trying to line in a special run-in but she's big timing us jerk well, i have no idea what you're talking about what's going on taylor swift let's just do it now taylor swift's coming out with an album tonight joseph didn't she just do an album yeah she's dropping another one. Oh my what a time to be alive as a T-Swift you know, what are they all... Swifties. Yeah, Swifties. Yeah. You're one now. You we uh, you reviewed the, the music on this show. Yeah, I see, a... that... How long ago do you think that was? Because it feels like 
years. It, it really wasn't that long ago because the album came out in like August. So it was wow. probably September or October that we did that bit. Are you saying that Taylor Swift is the Donald Cowboy Cerrone of the music game? <laughs> she used to wait like two years uh, between albums. And yeah, now she's just doing it every six months. She's like, I had a lot of fucking free time during this uh, pandemic. Just at home. May as well just make a bunch of new music for people. Bless her. The goat. How so I'm interested in this. What's your album process? Are you like a back to front, back to front over and over again until like you feel a certain way? Or are you going to go back to front and then start picking out some favorites that stood out? I'm interested. I go, I go front to back or back to front, however you want to do it. Well, First track, track, I don't know. That's what, that's what confusing. You're British. You guys add a U randomly <laughs> to shit. I go, yeah, track one to track whatever. Listen to it all the way through. And then probably do that at least twice to, to get a feel for the album. And then I'll just go on shuffle. So that way it, things get kind of mixed up and I can just make opinions on just certain tracks. That's usually how I do it for, for artists that like I really like for, which is like literally two artists for pretty much everyone else. It's just straight shuffle. Like that's it. Oh, wow. So you, yeah. you know, a guy who's going to sit down and like dive into the sort of concept and such, or you just never like, we'll see. No, again, it's like two, two artists and that's Taylor Swift and Eminem. Like that's track one to the end. Every other artist is just hit shuffle. I, I, I listened to this, this one album where I should have gone track one to, to track whatever. And I did it on shuffle and they're talking about slowly fingering orgasms. And it was like the bonus track and it scared the shit out of me. Just. Wow. Just. I didn't realize I was going to bring up these awful memories. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, it interests me. A lot of people do it. Well, I'm acid bath. If you want to listen to an acid bath album, everybody, they're talking about slowly fingering orgasms and a rainbow technicolor uh, periods. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I am always amazed when people tell me they only listen to an album front to back once and they have a take on it takes me a lot more than that i'm nowhere near smart enough to do such a thing i can give i can give a very like i don't want to say half-assed but a very quick take on an album if i listen through once but it takes me multiple listens to like really piece things together especially when we're talking about the genius of taylor swift are we going to review the taylor swift album probably why wouldn't we okay that's fine just checking i'm just checking talking for the audience here i'm just checking Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know why we wouldn't. Okay. I mean, there's a few reasons. Generally, the fact we're a wrestling <laughs> podcast. Other than that, I agree. No reason. Are we a wrestling podcast? I, I feel like that's a myth. I think we're a music uh, podcast, right? A film. Yeah, podcast? we're a music and basketball podcast. Come yeah, on. And comic that. books too. We cover those now. So, can you imagine? Rumtel sends in a big super chat. Says, "Congratulations on the record views last week. We're big stars after last week. Don't like it. Everyone, uh, get your point. Point God merch." Shirts on the Fightful Shop website. Let's get some Chubby Chief merch out soon. Uh, I believe, I, I know um, John, his, his Point God shirt arrived. Real quickly on this, thank you guys. Anyone who's like bought one of these shirts, like a genuine thank you. Because I I begged for it as like a bit. I just thought it was funny to pop myself. And then like they got made and people are like actually buying them. That's very strange to me. So So thank you everyone who's purchased a Point God shirt. The talk in the industry is that your shirt is the Stang shirt of the Fightful shop. Have you heard this, Jeremy? It did do very well when it was first released. I know that much. It did Stang. do very well. The paint it was not. That was the foreshadow of everything. You're going to just be Stang now moving <laughs> forward. That's what you are. I got the mask uh, right over here. So yeah. <laughs> Um, another super chat from Drew Nichols, who says, "Sending my support as always. The best dudes in the game. Hit him with the pose." 
what five hundred thousand guys? I don't know where we're at right now, but five hundred thousand. You'll you'll get the pose. All right, we we got a ways to go. Keep sending in the super chats. I'd imagine we do have a ways to go. Yeah, <laughs> still very cool. I still appreciate it. Um, what else happened this week, Jeremy Lambert, in the world of wrestling? Uh, big news is that it looks like we're headed towards a Goldberg and Roman Reigns showdown at WrestleMania 37. You're excited for this, Joseph, right? Oh, I frankly couldn't give a shit, Jeremy, but I'll present it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am I am divorced from these things enough that I can just take it poise. And it will be a, a somewhat entertaining three-minute match. Do I think it's smart? Absolutely. The furthest thing from smart it could be. Do I think it's good? No, not really. Um, do I think it's interesting? Not at all. But it's Big Bill, isn't it? He's going to do the spear. He'll hurt himself. he hit his head on the door. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm not going to lie to you. I'll enjoy it. It's a car crash. You look. I'm sorry. I do have a game to play that we'll get to. But first, Jeremy, Big okay. Bill, how excited are you? Um, it's... <laughs> We're we're gonna laugh. Sean's gonna call us trolls. You know, I mean, we we owe a lot to Big Bill Goldberg, right? Like we owe a lot to him beating the clown in, in Saudi Arabia and really launching our show here. So we we owe a lot to this man. It's it's fine. This is what WWE does. It's it's yeah. fine. It's gonna be like a, a two minute match. Uh, it, people will enjoy it for what it is, and that's it. Like there's a better use of Roman Reigns for WrestleMania, though, right? Yeah, just but the thing is, it's like, don't allow yourself to get mad over it because they've told you. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. After years, this is what they do. So, like, at some point, you have to just accept what it is. Now, here's what is interesting the SmackDown roster has the following baby faces, right? We have Owens, who's next? Brian, help me out. Rey Mysterio, Big E. You say that's the big four? Yeah. Mysterio's okay. kind of generous, but. Yeah. But on name value, he's, you know, he's right, right? Sure, yeah. Then you have Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> the day after the draft, I'd have given you that. And I'd have said, Jeremy, rank these names in which you'd go with for, like, best to worst for WrestleMania opponents, for awesome heel champ, Roman Reigns. I'd actually had another one in there, Jay Uso. Because I do think there's something to be said for finishing the Jay story with him. I know it's very unlikely, but they are continuing to tell that story. And him, you know, coming back would be something, right? Yeah. There's six we got then. <laughs> yeah, try and work your way through that. Because I'm, I'm genuinely intrigued as to your interest as a fan. What would you go? I mean, I Brian would be number one. Because right. I think that's the easiest story to tell. Brian, you know, dominant, heel, Roman Reigns, underdog. Daniel Bryan, family, family stuff. Like it's it's very easy to tell that story. Owens is up there, but they're doing this at TLC, so that's kind right. of if you if you just take it if you go blank slate, then Owens would probably be number three. Biggie would be number two. Um, Ray, no, Jey Uso, Ray, and then Goldberg class. That, that's all of them, right? That's so terrible because you like Goldberg. I do like Goldberg. I do. You still have him lost, though. Yeah. 
You know okay. what? I'll put him over Ray. I don't care about the a Ray. They, they've they've cooled Ray so much with this right. bullshit. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll go Goldberg over Ray. It's just, I mean, here's the thing: if your take, not you, I mean the you know the general. You put Dominic. You put Dominic in there though. He's number one over Ray. Okay, of course. <laughs> Still working on that feature. Um, if you think that Big E needs until he needs longer than WrestleMania, I would say. Mm, seems like bullshit. If you, but if you do, and you want him to be the SummerSlam match, and you want Roman to hold it until SummerSlam, well, I understand the idea of like, okay, if they're not going to beat Roman anyway, let's just do the the attraction match. But man, it really feels like that should be Brian. Like Brian wouldn't need to win against Roman, right? No. And that's a mania main event to me. Brian and Roman is like that's about as good as it gets in WWE. You could also do Drew, by the way. You could definitely do Drew winning the Rumble and going across. Yeah. It really feels like, as we talk about this, this really feels like a bad idea. As much as we will have fun with it, it's really short-sighted. They're going to turn, I mean, I don't know how many fans are going to be in the building, but like they're going to turn Roman face off of this, aren't yeah. they? Like The majority of, of WWE fans kind of reject Goldberg. Like You, you really need a, a super sort of heel for him. Oh, Ziggler. Pull <laughs> for so him to pull this off. Like Roman's a great heel. Don't get me wrong. Like he's he's outstanding as a heel. But people also like they like Roman Reigns and they like the character that he's doing. He's be he's a super heel because he's beating up family members. He's beating up uh, top babyface like white meat babyface Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan. Like Goldberg's not that guy that's gonna get that kind of heat for for Roman Reigns. It's gonna have the opposite effect. Here's the other thing. Elephant in the room. What's Roman's best WrestleMania match? To which I think we both say Brock, right? The first one? Yeah. Seth cashing in? Yeah. Try and figure out what number two is on that list. Ain't a whole lot there to pick from. I can say. <laughs> and that's not me knocking Roman. I'm saying circumstances have really hurt that guy at the big show. He had that shitty match with The Undertaker. Second match with Brock that was completely rejected. I was there. Very sad. Yeah. Yeah, that one wasn't good. Drew the, match, the Drew match was just very pedestrian. Yeah. yeah. Um, what were you saying? Triple H. Oh my Christ! Forty-five oh, minute Triple H match. <laughs> like it's not a lot there, right? I would. Yeah, like to the, give he, did, he did one at thirty, like the six man. He did like a six man, like the New Age Outlaws. Right. Shit, that's probably second best match. <laughs> <laughs> probably short at least, right? Yeah. Um, I just, I know this doesn't matter, but just to me, it's like, man, I think Roman's the best thing in the whole company right now. Maybe the whole industry is a heel. Can we not give him a chance to have like an all-time classic match with Daniel Bryan, maybe the best worker in the history of the industry? Seems fun. Because the, the problem with Goldberg is, whether you enjoy the attraction or not, we have seen it now. We know what it's going to look like, that match. right? We know exactly what it will look like, almost beat for beat. I just, I don't know. I don't want to be the guy that whines about the obvious. It's just, it, it does feel like you're jumping over a lot of good options to get to one that really isn't going to move anything. It's not like WrestleMania is going to struggle to sell tickets if there's tickets available. There may not even be tickets, which makes it even funnier. It's unnecessary, right? It it is like if you're going to use Goldberg, just have him beat a guy like Ziggler because yeah. whatever Ziggler can lose, it doesn't matter. Or have Goldberg put somebody over that actually needs to be put over, and that you can springboard that into something. Like Roman, Roman is made. He doesn't need. What is a victory against Goldberg? doing for him and it's not like this super goldberg's not a marquee name 
to where people are like, oh, you know, he's not the rock. And I right. get it. That's, that's a very obvious statement, but he's not the rock. Um, oh, God. Robert O'Neill sends a super chat. Goldberg rules. Also, please say nice things about the Chicago Bulls. No, there's nothing. Fuck to- the Chicago Bulls, Robert O'Neill. <laughs> Robert, I agree Goldberg rules. Okay? He does. But we're trying to be objective here. And I'm sure that you can accept, especially in your current incarnation as a babyface, you can accept that we're making some logical points as to the fact that perhaps a Daniel Bryan match would be better than a Bill Goldberg one. I think that's our takeaway <laughs> here, Jeremy, right? You should have lived with it. You should have just been like, tonight we have breaking news. Daniel Bryan matches better than Bill Goldberg matches. Who could Goldberg face that he just beats and everyone's like, oh, yay, and it doesn't right. hurt anybody? I go one better. He should put over Big E because that's Big E's like dream match. Yeah, I'm, I'm that. That sounds yeah. great. I would love yes. that. Do that, and then you achieve something. And if you think Big E needs more time, then you're actually because the problem is they'll they'll convince themselves he needs more time, and then they'll do nothing with him in the time that they give themselves, and then be like, well, didn't figure itself out. Don't know. Like you, you're gonna have to get him over. <laughs> He's over enough, but as a singles, you're gonna have to do some of the work. I don't. I really hate the idea of the IC stuff for him. I know people are into it, but it's like, dude, he was IC champ like six years ago. The title is meaningless. Yes, it's, those it's, secondary it's, titles don't mean anything. It's not what he needs at all. Like because it will just put him in a position, and they'll be like, okay, that's Big E's covered. He's got the belt, which is what they do a lot of time. Those belts, you know. That, that's what they do. That's what they do all the time with the tag team titles. Like you, you listen to FTR talk about it. And it's like, we don't want the tag team titles. That's like a band aid to be like, I ah, see look what we did for you. Like these yes. people want, want like actually good creative stories. That's going to elevate them. Not here's the title. So you, we can showcase you and be like, yeah, you got the title. You're good. It's, it's interesting. Man. I, the SmackDown show is very bizarre to me because I, I think it's a good show, but I think with the roster, it should be better. Like, I don't think it's necessarily better than it was before the draft. And I think the, the group of talent is much better. So it, it sometimes feels like, to me, they put themselves in corners and it's like, why are we doing the Mysterios versus Corbin, Blake, and Cutler? Why are we doing this? Because like, we, we just doing? did an 18-month Seth Rollins and Mysterio feud where a guy lost an eye and then it just magically came back with no explanation. That ruled. How little they got out of an actual, like, eye, an eye for an eye match, which a man's eyeball popped out of his head, was like a transition spot. Like, absolutely no need for it whatsoever. But, I don't know. It was like the third match in the series, and then they kept feuding. And then they put a little eye patch over his mask for a yes. couple months, and they just removed it and just never mentioned anything about it. Just like, eh. I also like the new thing where the blow-off match in feuds isn't like the match where it's the ultimate stakes. It's just the match where they go, this is the last match. They just go, one last time, these two are going to wrestle each other. That's now what the blow-off It isn't like the deal that you, know, you build to the cage and it's like, you don't have to say it's the blow-off. It is the blow-off. There's no next level. Instead now, they just do all these crazy matches and they book a singles in the first hour of a TV show and they go, by the Rash way, Cal- they're never going to wrestle again. They're never going to wrestle again. <laughs> but, uh, like, but on the bright side, Jeremy, it is not raw SmackDown. So it's got that much going for it. Taxel sends a super chat. Says, "Here's money for the pose." Also, you guys brought up reviewing Raw today on the movie review. We reviewed Raw on the movie review. Yeah, yeah. we covered it in depth. Yeah, that's what I remember. Uh, Evan Wright sends a super chat. Says, "Can't wait for the Sa- Saudi show reaction with Sean. If they go back to Saudi, and they will at some point, uh, I, I do believe we should be on that show." I mean, it depends what people want from the show, right? They want sort of insight or analysis, and that probably isn't the way, but they want us laughing at stuff. If Take wrestles at that show, 
Oh, we've got to be on it. We've got to be on it. This podcast will be pure comedy. If you think there's any insight on this thing, if he does just a match at Saturday, there's no explanation. Oh, my. That would be an all-timer to me. Incredible. He will, right? Like, he'll do a Surely. <laughs> Cameos, my God. It's over, Mark. Leave it. Get drunk on more podcasts. That's somewhat fun, at least. Leave it. Do you think Undertaker just starts a podcast? That's yes. the next move, right? Yes. And he's going to, like, you're going to have to do so many stories from that podcast. <sighs> Probably. You're going to do, this is the sort of story you're going to be writing. Undertaker, Undertaker talks about the upside of Nia Jax. Undertaker. <laughs> Undertaker discusses Baron Corbin's ability to work as a big man. Undertaker, colon, quote marks, Corbin's bringing back heat. Undertaker, colon, quote marks, Tamina was a missed opportunity. I've seen if you had any more. <laughs> Sorry, that one was too far for me. I, I, I popped myself. I couldn't go back. Sorry. I like the quote where he was like, some guys that won the WWE title, I just don't believe them. Okay. <laughs> Who's that? So you're saying you don't like Kofi Kingston. So you're saying, I just want to be clear, because I'm looking at the names here, and I'm assuming you're not saying Jinder, because if there's one thing Jinder wasn't, it's too small. So, wasn't AJ Styles? Who was it? I I think uh, yeah JJ says I feel like Joe should should write these stories yeah I agree if Undertaker does a podcast we're getting Joseph to to listen transcribe and, and write the no, story not me. no we're not. I will never transcribe again that's let me tell you something folks Jeremy is an insane person for doing that <laughs> stuff that stuff he's like it's painful it's very very tough he listens to like Corey Graves podcast in real life he actually listens to his own ears I don't even read about that podcast Jeremy listens to the thing. I, I uh, make Joel Pearl do all this work now. Joel, listen to it. Let me know if anything important gets said, and then I'll uh, transcribe the quote. And it hired Joel as an assistant. I can't pay anything, but I've got hired. a new story for you. Oh, Undertaker quotes Lacey Evans gets it. That's <laughs> that's a lock. That's a lock. Anything on uh, Sasha Banks? I'll have to write. It doesn't matter what Undertaker says. If he just mentions Sasha Banks. Just got to write about it. He just does a list of good wrestlers. And at the end, he's like, yeah, the legit boss. <laughs> and you're like, there he is. The article is here. <laughs> Bianca Belair did an uh, interview with Sports Illustrated. And it was fine. But she she said, like, oh, Bailey and Sasha Banks are elevating the division. I was like, oh, there's the headline. And it got, like, 500 likes. That that fan base is just out of control. Oh, man. I mean, the one thing I'll say about it is I appreciate that they, like, they're enjoying their favorite wrestlers now in real time. That's that's something to be said for that. So God bless them. But like, man, probably shouldn't live and die on random wrestler quotes as much as they seem to, right? Like just have fun. You don't need to retweet Kevin Nash saying that Bailey has good psychology. You'll be cool. <laughs> it's fine. But it's, I understand it. It's nice. It's nice to have your take like reaffirmed. I get it. I'm being serious. I get it. That's why when I, as a, thing, as a fan of the Fiend Bray Wyatt, when The Undertaker says that he's his favorite character, I'm like, oh my, comment is my pin tweet, Jeremy. <laughs> Finally, you, someone gets it. You can if you retweet it and be like, Undertaker gets it. You can re, okay. you can pin tweet it. Okay, thank you. I'm going to do yeah. this to make sure. I want people to come on my timeline and know that I understand what this business is about. You know, I want to make it clear because I think wrestling should be believable. But if you can include killer clowns and zombies, that's my favorite kind of believability, you know? So that's just me. It's taste. It's all subjective. Uh, any other wrestling to talk about? Did you watch any other shows this week, Joseph? No. 
No. Okay. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. It's tough. A lot going on here. Oh my! Undertaker. Sasha Banks is Michael Jordan. Pop. Yeah. I'll, I'd have to write that. I had to write one on Sasha Banks being Beyonce or saying something about Beyonce just because it's Sasha Banks and Beyonce. And Sean was on his show and they were discussing it. And he's like, "Why isn't there an article about this?" And then he checks the site, and of course, there's an article about it because I know what gets clicks. Sean Ross Sav. Yeah. Do you think you got any like outsider Beyonce fan clicks on that? I would be interested to, to see. I this. bet there were some because like the Taylor Swift articles that I write, like they they do very well, and that's why I keep writing. Like, how many of them are there? Oh, let me Google or let me Google. Let me search how many Taylor what? Swift. What Taylor Swift articles have you done? What reason was there for them? Dude, she. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be writing some uh to tomorrow probably because people are gonna be reacting to the album. And so I, I write about you know, Miro is a Swifty sings shake it off by Taylor Swift. Uh, Roman reigns explains. Oh, that's Ariana Grande. His heat with Ariana Grande. Um, Daniel Bryan and Ricky Starks love the new Taylor Swift album. <laughs> Ricochet is pretty positive. Taylor Swift's my tears. Ricochet isn't about him. Uh, Renee young challenges Taylor Swift to a competition of whose buns are better. That's what we got here. Big Show confirms he is a Taylor Swift fan. John Cena doesn't have a lot going on at the moment. Post Taylor Swift picture on Instagram. Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins sing Taylor Swift in Carpool Karaoke Series. The Rock voices the man in Taylor Swift music video. Becky Lynch, when Denise interviewed Becky Lynch about uh, Taylor Swift and the the man. Dude, I th- this is all just from the last year. This is insanity. Jeremy, this is... I didn't appreciate this was a whole like series. This is like a project. Yes. She, I told her she's gonna release an album tonight, and like if any wrestler comments on it, it's gonna be. I don't even have to like ask about this. I just do it, and Sean's like, "Good." Like, what Good. took you so long? That's what he says. He's like, "What took you so long?" But how are the the Swifties? How are they finding obscure professional wrestling tweets about the, the Taylor Swift on are the day of an album? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? How do they find obscure professional articles and tweets about this stuff? This yeah, well, are crazy people, Joseph. Absolute mad people. Even if they if they type her name in Twitter, there must be like a hundred tweets a minute right now. How the hell are they finding? Oh, Ricky Starks is all in on this. <laughs> that was a scoop, by the way. It, that was a scoop. Starks DM me personally. He said, "Yeah, it's a good album." <laughs> Wow. See, we are scoopsters, right? Yeah. I do the punk rooster. You do the restarts. <laughs> we got all bases covered over here. Yeah, I'm going to have to write uh, some Taylor Swift articles tomorrow, which is fine. Like, I'd much rather write about that. I've been writing like lawsuit articles this week. That shit oh. sucks. Yeah, I don't want to write that's about not, that. That's not fun for anyone. No. Anyway, James Harden, is that what we're talking about now? Yeah, James Harden. Guys, send in super chats. Uh, we're, we're really close to the $500,000 goal uh, of me hitting the, the Bobby Lashley pose for everyone. Um, James Harden, he's not showing up to camp. He's in Vegas. He's... Uh, He's partying, you know, living his best life in the middle of a pandemic. And he wants to get traded. He wants to go to Brooklyn. Where else did they say? Milwaukee. There's another team on that list. I don't remember who it was. The Miami. The Heat. Yeah. yeah, Miami. He's not getting traded, is he? He's not getting traded. I don't think he is. I mean, they've just traded for like three years of John Wall. So they're going to want to be good, whatever that means at this point. So if they're going to trade him, they're going to want – I mean, you're not going to get the same level of player, but they're not going to want like just future assets, I feel, right? So 
then what does that what deal does that leave them with? I don't know. It's a weird one. I so Milwaukee is in on this. If Milwaukee didn't just trade 15 first round picks for Drew Holiday, maybe they'd have a better shot at getting James Harden. Like you got to give up like Middleton. I like Chris Middleton. I think he's very good. Uh, you got to give up Middleton at the very least. More first round picks that you don't have. Uh, DiVincenzo, I would assume, that's like their only good young player. But then the Rockets would be having the Rockets would have like four years of Middleton on a max, three years of John Wall. What even is that team at that point? Right? I don't know how you're gonna. It's a great team use for my thunder. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I just, I don't know. The Sixers one, obviously, I understand the whole Simmons and I, I get. It. I don't think it's happening, but I get. It. What would be the Heat still? You got to hear. Yeah. Would you have to? I feel like it's it would have to be Bam too. I mean, if you're I, if you're Houston, you're obviously asking for Bam, like one hundred percent. If you're Miami, are you giving up Hero and Bam um, for James Harden? Like, I'm uh, not. If I'm Miami, I wouldn't do it because like Harden comes with a whole lot of weird shit, but he is pretty spectacular. Yes. So yeah. Like, I, for, if you're Houston, it'd be like you're gonna have to give more than Tyler Hero. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. I, it's tough because I don't know what these teams are searching for. Obviously, the teams looking for Harden want to give up as little as possible to, to get James Harden. Houston wants to maximize what they can get for James Harden. Um, like the Nets deal seems like it makes the most sense in that there's plenty to uh, there's plenty to give up there. Dinwiddie, Lavert, all these guys, Jared Allen, all, like there's plenty to give up, but there's no like great piece. And that you're really hoping that it's the sum is better than the whole for, for James Harden there. There's no like surefire thing. And most of these guys, like none of them are like young stars or anything. Middle, who's the best player they could get? Middleton's better. Is Middleton better than Bam? I don't think he's a better asset. He may be a better player like, as of right now. But yeah. I think he'd rather have Bam, right? In a trade package. I mean, I'd much rather have Bam and Hero combined than Middleton and DiVincenzo or whatever. Yeah, and I, no, I don't know. Like, I would be very confident in saying that the Miami fans would be like, no. You know, I mean, we just made the final. And I, I would I would get that. I'm just saying it's very difficult for me to see where Houston's going to get a good return. I, I don't really see that right now. I don't know. The thing is, is Harden is on a two-year – he has two years left on his deal. So right. there's not – he doesn't have, like, a lot of leverage in this. Yeah. To be, like, what's he going to do, sit out two whole years because he's playing in Houston? Like, that's not happening. I just I wonder if someone's gonna gonna sort of enter the pack here out of nowhere, right? I'm, I'm trying to think of who would be a good fit. So I I, I discussed this with my friend, and I'll, I'll bring it up here in a second. But th- this is what I think as well is like okay, Harden might want to go to these destinations again. He has two years left on his deal; he's not sitting out. We saw Toronto swoop in and get Kawhi when Kawhi was just like, eh, don't really want, just want to go to LA. We saw OKC uh, swoop in and, and get Paul George when he just wanted to go to LA. Um, my, my suggestion here is the New Orleans Pelicans because you can give up probably Lonzo. If I'm Houston, I'm asking for Ingram over Lonzo uh, because Ingram and, and wall are better fit than Lonzo and wall, but I'm asking for Ingram. And then like, they got a bunch of first round picks. They got all the picks from the Lakers, which those probably aren't going to be that great. They got all their own picks and they got all the picks from the Bucks, which could be good picks mm-hmm. if uh, if the Bucks don't re-sign Giannis. You pair Zion with Harden, 
I don't think that's good for Zion's growth, but like that's a that's a team. Be something. I just I think the thing with Zion is it's like especially with Ingram alongside him, it depends on like if they're confident in his in his body holding up, they are gonna probably be very patient, I would assume. But then again, I thought that would stop them from doing deals like Steve Adams, which shocked me. Like I couldn't believe yeah. they committed that way. So I don't know, maybe. I mean, here's an interesting one. Because a lot of the time when you're looking at teams outside of that pack, you're looking at teams that I mean I missed the playoffs. What about Boston? Would Boston do they, they feel would they give up Jalen Brown for James Harden? If I'm Boston, I I do it. There you go. That'd be but interesting, right? I they're not going to do it though. It's the Danny Ainge thing of we're close. Just they wanted a protected second round pick and no just way. couldn't do it. <laughs> it me that one because I was looking at it and I was like, if they had Tatum and Harden on one team, that would be a ridiculous amount of scoring. But I really like Jalen Brown, and I imagine they do too. So. I don't know. The thing with Harden that's really interesting is he's like an in, immense all-time great scorer that every other team's fan seems to have like major concerns and gripes about, right? Like you look at him on paper and it's like, dude, trade anyone for this guy. But when you actually ask people, it's like, mm, I don't know. There's, some, there's a weird cloud hanging over the James Harden. It's odd. People will always underestimate the value of other assets and overestimate the value of their own assets. Like that's Smith. <laughs> Like that that's just what happens when it comes to to all sports. Like if you can get James Harden, I understand there are issues with James Harden, but like you're getting a guy who he's averaging thirty-five a game. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. he's, he is is an insane isolation score. And if you actually get him in like a system, I think the issue that you can run into with James Harden is like if you bring him in, you gotta break this all right, the ball is in your hands on every single possession yeah. type deal. Like you want him running off of a couple screens, being a decoy, honestly, on some plays. And a decoy who like stands in the corner sometimes, not stands at half court and is just waiting for the ball. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that. that's what you need when it comes to James Harden. And I think that scares off a lot of fan bases and rightfully so. But like, you got to trust that you're that James Harden can commit to a different system and that you can get him to buy into a different system. Yeah, I agree. I, I guess the big thing is how much of it's D'Antoni, right? And Hugh, how much it was D'Antoni in Houston. Like, and that's, I don't know. He seems like a very sort of lax guy. So I would suggest Harden just enjoyed playing that way and was like, this is now what we do. But who knows? Um, it will be interesting to watch it develop. There are the teams that are like, like here's one O'Neill. What if the Bulls just go all in? They just chuck every piece they have. Take Levine, take Markkinen. We want to be competent. Those pieces. I was like, what pieces do they have? I mean, it would have to be the only piece. Like, it would literally have to be those two, what, Wendell, Kobe White, (laughs) the whole team. Just give it. I don't know, dude. This is why I I think it would be a team like that in the end. I really do. Like, Levine, Markkinen, and a bunch of first round picks, like, because they're going to want first round picks. It, the the kind of the player stuff is almost out unless you're getting like a surefire. I mean, look, OKC got Shea Gilgis Alexander, who everyone seems to agree is like a, a surefire multiple time all star on top of four first round picks and a veteran and Danilo Gallinari for for Paul George. I look what uh, um, New Orleans got for Drew Holiday, all those first round picks. So it's going to have to be picks being involved. So, yeah, if, if you go Levine, marketing and two, three first-round picks. If I'm Houston, 
it's not terrible honestly like it's not terrible i'm so pumped for like you know when the um you have a certain amount of days after a player signs where they can get traded again i'm so pumped for the day that golden hayward's one comes up jordan being like any interest <laughs> harden for hayward we can give you a scoring wing but what are we looking at here maybe a first a second what are we looking at I'm now I'm really sold on the Chicago Bulls trade because if you're Houston, all right, Levine's a good score. You got John Wall. You apparently expect big things out of John Wall. Markinen sniper. I don't know if you know this, Joseph. Absolute sniper. Even Wood as a front court would be like somewhat interesting. Shooting wise, boogie boogie coming off the bench. the The first round picks kind of intrigue me because Hardy can leave after two years. Are the Bulls? They're obviously better with James Harden, but like. They ain't got much around. No, like they're, <laughs> yeah, they're like a nice like sixth, seventh seed, and he's probably bouncing after two years. I don't think the yeah. Bulls actually go in and do this, but if that offer comes up, if I'm Houston, I don't give a shit where James Harden wants to go. That's the offer I'm taking. Because the thing that was interesting with Harden is it's almost been proven at this juncture that he is, his results are the same whether you have a world-class point guard next to him or you have no one because he plays the same way. He doesn't actually play in a team. He's he's just James Harden, right? So if you're a team that's completely mediocre, it's like, I don't know, man, maybe you just gamble it all just to try and be the James Harden team. I don't know. Teams do a lot dumber shit than that, to be honest, right? A lot dumber. I mean, there's worse things to do than trade for the greatest score of this generation. Eh, maybe, that's a, maybe that's a stretch. Yeah, no, I did... No. I, I did call him like the best offensive player of this generation. Like I, I do think he is the best offensive player. You went full like you spoke there like we actually do like a first take show. You like you like registered a take of your part. She was like, I did once say <laughs> like, like people were gonna be right in the comments. You once said Jeremy. He was like, like just to be clear, I did once say this. Well, yeah, I once said this over a text message to my friend like two years ago. <laughs> like that's when I said like it. the police were gonna come and get you for that. Sting. Sting. <laughs> There you go. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. The earlier question was about the box, right? Um, yeah. Giannis leaves immediately. Would absolutely hate. Would hate every minute of it, I feel. <laughs> so there you go. That's why you probably How won't be. How Giannis and Harden work? Like, I think it'd be- of, they'd have to be selfless, right? They'd have to, yeah. you know, share the ball. And it would I don't. It'd be weird because they've got like a weird dynamic as it is, right? I don't think they're massive fans of each other. Yeah, before, Giannis you know. will whip the ball. That is that ruled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was very funny. It, you know what was really good was when he was like, I didn't pick Harden because I want guys that pass. And then for the last whole quarter of the All-Star game, Kemba was like, ISO, give it to me. <laughs> you know, just watched while Kemba dribbled the ball. It was tremendous. That All-Star game was wild, man. That feels like so long ago, though. Oh, my. It was. It was so it was, long yeah. ago. It really was. Um, all right. Any, anything else you'd like to just talk about, Joseph? Talk about feelings or anything? I don't think so. I think we're fine here. I mean, not until the Taylor Swift album comes out anyway. Then we'll sort of delve into those topics. But for now, I think we've, we've covered it all. We did some, like, actual hard-hitting professional wrestling discussion on this show, Jeremy Lambert. You know that, right? We did some. Granted, it's all been undermined now by the fact that we talked about basketball for 20 minutes afterwards. But what are you going to do? Right? That's our show. Accept it. All right, folks. How much? Somebody says Harden to the Knicks. Who says no? What are the Knicks giving up? Nilakina. Nilakina in a second. <laughs> RJ Barrett, I like RJ Barrett. Uh, a lot of first round picks. That's another deal. I'm probably just take like just for the first round picks. Like Harden ain't making that team much better. You may as well just take all their draft picks in the process. It will be a thing like that that just says this. Just be the James Harden team. I'm certain of it. I'm convinced. 
<laughs> Paul George signed a new five-year deal. Cool. I was like, mm. <laughs> mm, you're very interesting. Saying that with Paul George, that probably means he's leaving soon. So you never know, right? Yeah, he's committed to to be like, eh, can you trade me now? <laughs> That's, he's not going to get traded anytime soon with that contract. Jake <laughs> Shaw, uh, part of his super chat was favorite city unis. Did you see those? You have favorites? I don't know. I don't try it. So I'm really sorry. I don't. I, I'm not. I don't do any sport I've ever watched. When people start discussing jerseys and branded, I'm like, I'm out. I can't do it. I'm not good at it. Sorry. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that either. The, the Thunder ones suck. I know that much. They're they're not very good. I like the Nuggets ones. I think the Nuggets ones are nice. I'm trying to figure what those ones are. Because I, I know the Sixers ones. I know that's the black ones they've done. That everyone thought were going to be the Iverson jerseys. The weren't the Iverson jerseys at all. If so, they suck. So there you go. The ratings are apparently out. Oh! Right, guys, breaking news. AEW's drawn 4 million viewers. Stang is back. <laughs> uh, number one on the night, as always, the challenge, 0.51. Uh, as always, the challenge okay. dominates. AEW is number two, 0.45, uh, 995,000. NXT, let's go down here to the 50s or so, 60s maybe, 37. 0.17659. There you go. Wait, they did 995? Yeah. They were just shy of a million. Why did they do more than last week? Sting. Probably because they were coming off of last week. Like, last week was a, a big show with a nice hook. Jeremy, am I wrong, or is that not, like, big news? Am I missing something? I thought that's big news. I don't Is it? Sure. I thought, that makes me think even more that they missed setting up, like, random matches for next week. Nine nine five is a big Stang is a draw, folks. Buy your baseball bats now. You sure? You sure he's a draw? Massive, huge draw. Stang. He sold as many shirts as you in his first day. <laughs> is he bigger than Goldberg? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the fact that I have to defend why I like Sting more than Bill Goldberg is a disgrace, by the way. That's <laughs> of course I prefer, Bill Goldberg prefers Sting to Bill Goldberg. Of course he does. Sting. <laughs> God damn it. 995,000 people wanted to see Tony Schiavone hug Stang, and that's why I love this business. <laughs> you know who was on the challenge, Joseph? Leo Rush. He came Leo, to collect. Leo Rush was on the challenge. He actually had a good performance. Everyone can read my Leo Rush challenge recap on com. Do you know who Leo Rush used to manage, Joseph? Hit him with it, Bob. Hit him with it. We got enough super chats. I don't know how much we got, but Ron donated like $137. And so that was enough on its own. I appreciate everyone who donated these super chats. Uh, let me, let me tweet this. Maybe we'll, we'll gain an extra viewer or two who want to see my ash cheeks. And but what is happening? What is happening? Joseph? This, this seems bad. The, the thing that's amazing is you've put yourself in this scenario I just did. because just to pop yourself effectively. I, I don't think I wanted to pop myself. I don't know what I was trying to do. I was I was emotional after the Dolph Ziggler and Rock friendship, and I was just saying shit. That's what I do. I honestly hope that everyone's aware of how like underwhelming this is going to be. This is not. This is definitely not the sort of grand um, spectacle that we have perhaps built it to be. It's literally just going to be Ooh. Jeremy Lambert hitting the Bob Lashley pose, which is effectively him showing his asshole. Who could think this is going to be a grand spectacle? Me, Jeremy, real money, real money. People put real money because they want to see your ass cheeks. Sean had to to make sure he had to clarify that I could not show my actual ass cheeks for for this bit. 
He was very sure. worried that I was going to show my ash. Like I was going to be Billy Gunn in a thong. Jesus. I'm glad you're not going to be that. I don't know. I don't know what people expected, Jeremy. I don't know what anyone watches this show for. I don't know what they're doing. I have to change. I have to put on tighter pants. So people, I've been doing oh, a lot wow. of squats. I've been doing a lot of squats these past two days, Joseph. Well, I'm I, now concerned about what you intend for this to be. <laughs> Look, you know I don't half-ass get it? Half-ass these bits, okay? I don't. Yeah. I appreciate you saying "get" it in the middle <laughs> of this. Keep up with your with your ongoing shenanigans. Just time, Joseph. I got I got to put different pants on. Oh my! This is re- folks. This is really happening. There's prep now for this. I thought the man was just going to turn around and hit the pose, but he's now changing. Here we see a young Jeremy here on screen. I have not got the chat, so I have no idea what anyone's saying about my solo rendition here. I believe that is Vondelay, Silver, and Chuck Liddell there looming behind Jeremy, young Jeremy, as we wait for, and I quote, tighter pants. As Jeremy prepares to hit a historic pose here on Fightful.com. How long it will take him? I don't know. I guess it depends on how tight the pants are. Hopefully not too long, though, because I'm sitting here doing a solo one hour and 15 minutes into this program. I no longer have a five in my Twitter name. If you didn't know that already. Uh, Rob O'Neill sucks. Um, try to think. It sounds like a lot of noise and commotion. It sounds like Jeremy is either in the middle of putting on the tire pants or he has put on said tire pants. Time will tell. Hopefully, again, hopefully not too much time, but time will tell. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. We're there. Oh, my goodness, Jeremy Lambert. I got to back up enough <laughs> so everyone can see when I oh, – right, you got to introduce it. You got you to gotta go like hit him with the favorite pose, you know? Oh, Bob, hit him with the favorite pose. Here we go. Point, point, spin. <laughs> we cannot see your bit. We cannot see the bit that you planned. I have no idea what that is. Did it show up? Can they see it? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. <laughs> oh, hold on. Okay. Try it again. Let me let me get that lower there. Get on with it, Bob. One more time. All right. Do, introduce. Do the introduction. Oh, Bob, hit him with a favorite pose. Point. 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 <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is this is this <laughs> a team. This is the end, Jeremy. We saw it. We got it. We saw it. <laughs> Good luck what's happened to this program. This <laughs> was supposed to be sports talk style. Real sports presentation. Oh, my goodness gracious. Folks, I don't know. I don't know where we go from here. There it is. Tune in. Once every, what is it? One Friday every fortnight? There you go. BP dub. Um, shout out to Tank Bear Claw. <laughs> Oh, I don't know if we're going to be able to recover from this <laughs> one, Jeremy. This has been quite the week for the distraction brand. I don't know. <laughs> I, like the, I like the fact that you don't just do this spot with the arms. You go, the point? The yeah. Point. <laughs> the the you know how many times I watched this Bobby Lashley video to make sure I cut it down just like oh, yeah. he did? It didn't look the same because I feel there's a different. I feel I feel like Bob, when Bob does it, I feel like he's he doesn't actually say point. 
he does his head. He definitely does that. Yes, you should have worn the headband. You should have done the headband at least. That was Bob. Yeah, I, I don't know if I have a headband. I just <laughs> won the sting mask. As I should have done. Should have won the sting mask. I don't know. I don't know what we do. I don't know how we follow this up. I was wrong, by the way. It was a grand spectacle. There was like a change. There was like a. <laughs> There was bits and setups and props, and I had to do an intro. Good lord, it was worth the money, I guess. I don't know. There you go. I don't know. Ron said it was worth the money. Ron, Ron said, well worth the super chat. So. He's money, right? Like, I mean, I don't know. Who am I to tell him? Uh, thank you to everyone who donated, who wanted to see my ash cheeks. What are we doing on this show, Joseph? What? Bro, I had genuine terror when you was like, I'm going to go put some tighter pants on. Like, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> I, I hope there was a comedic punchline, and there was, but we missed it the first time, which made it even funnier on the second second spin there. But there you go. I don't know what we're doing, Jeremy. The show's off the rails, clearly. Uh, thanks, everybody, for watching, listening, tuning in, whatever. I got to play video games here in two hours. I got to kill some people in two hours on among us <laughs> everyone everyone check that out uh we're streaming among us on youtube.com slash fightful um yeah people are people are playing the the game with i don't know who's on the stream i don't I'm, no idea. it doesn't matter after this does it really is it? it's all just a, a bonus at that point joseph anything to plug I don't think so. Next week is feature week. Anyone you want me to cover on the TLC, I'll, I'll be covering. That is on the card. <laughs> on the card, Jeremy Lambert. Right now, I'm, I'm looking at... I'm, Carmella, I heard she's untouchable. No, I'm, I'm prepping right now for the AJ Styles and the uh, the Kevin Owens. So, see what we'll do with that. Wrestling with takes, I do like actual writing about wrestling, about the arse cheeks part. So, sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse. Depends on what you think of the arse cheeks part. Uh, that... Um, I do fleets now, as you know, Jeremy. I'm very good at fleet. I mean, that's about it. No five. Follow me on the Twitter. <laughs> we'll be back on Tuesday with what are we reviewing? Oh, Hulk Hogan, High Noon at Mega Mountain, Three Ninjas, High Noon at Mega Mountain. <laughs> Next week we have a show. I don't know what I'm going to have to do on that show probably come up with something dumb once again tune in we'll talk to everybody later on